My favorite beach time activity is playing in the water once a year at uh, in La Jolla. There's a beach out there. Oh, I'm going to forget the name and the spot, uh, but it's uh, it's really shallow for a long ways out. And it's like the one time a year that we play in the water. La Jolla Shores. Have you guys ever been to that beach? Oh, it's amazing. Uh, we spend a lot of time putting on sunscreen and hiding in the shade, but uh, that's what it takes. But yeah, uh, I, we, I'm not like, the beach isn't like my number one spot, but my family just adores it. So I go. I go because they love it. How are you guys doing? Yeah? Today, I'm so excited to share. My name's Eric. If I haven't met you yet, I'm an elder here. I'm blessed to be a part of this church uh, since before it, it launched. I'm part of the teaching team. I was in ministry for a long time, and uh, now I'm doing something else. But one of the blessings of my life is to still be able to teach the Bible. I think that God is still speaking today. I think the Bible's still relevant. I'm actually a Bible teacher by profession now, and so it's a big part of my life. But uh, what I want you to do, just to start this morning, I want to say a quick prayer for you. I want you just to take a breath. Sometimes I think we rush into this, and we, like... I'm a big believer that there's no such thing as just a normal Sunday. Like when we seek to meet with God, to commune with God, it's a big deal. And I think sometimes I hurry into that and I'm not like ready and prepared. So let's just say a a quick prayer. Take a breath. And if there's something that's preventing you from, you know, something that's distracting you or something that's preventing you from from focusing, from, from listening, just be aware of that. Send it outside. It can wait for you uh, for a little when you leave in a, in a few minutes. But uh, let's say a quick prayer and just ask for the Holy Spirit to come to open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear. So pray with me. God, thank you so much for Voice Church. Thank you for the folks who are listening online right now. Or maybe this is a recording and they're driving and it's weeks from now. Thank you for the folks who are here in person, who helped set up who vacuumed, who practiced instruments, who brought donuts and made coffee. Lord, we, as Voice Church, have a pretty high standard for, not for production, but to meet with you on Sunday, to make sure, God, that we have our first things first, and that is this is a chance to commune with you. This is a chance to hear from you. This is a chance for our lives to change because of you. So as we sing, God, help us to build our life on you because you are that firm foundation. Open up our ears to hear. Open up our eyes to see. And God, make our hearts tender and ready just to receive your word today. Thank you for Voice Church. In Jesus' name, everybody said with me, amen. This is our third week of our series called Pivot. And if you uh, saw back a couple weeks ago, maybe you're reminded of uh, that Friends episode where they're on the balcony trying to go up the stairs and they're carrying the couch and poor Ross is just so frustrated, screaming, pivot, pivot. And that word, I looked it up because I, you know, that word has come into our vocabulary a lot now in education uh, because of the pandemic. So I looked it up and I thought, you know, maybe I do, what, what does pivot mean? And pivot simply means this point. This pivot point where you can make an adjustment. It's this opportunity in our lives where we can see that the the season that we're in and the circumstances that we're in, and we make a necessary adjustment. We pivot. Just like poor Ross is trying to get that couch up the stairs, 
there are times in our life where we're going to need to pivot. We're going to need to make changes. And last week, uh, we talked about uh, high tide. This week will be low tide. But what we're, what we're reflecting on is how there just seems to be seasons in our life where things are going good and things, other seasons where things aren't. We're calling those things high tide and low tide. And what the, the, the thing that we need to do in seasons of life is be ready to pivot, to be ready to take the season on and make the necessary adjustments. And so today is high tide, and we're excited. I'm excited to share with you what God put on my heart and mind. Two weeks ago, Pastor Taka introduced this series. I want to remind you. Of, of one thing that he said, it's, it's super important for today. He said, and one of the goals for the series, and that's true today still, is for you to be reminded, for us to remember that in every season of life, in every season of life, Jesus promises to be with us. Every season of life, Jesus promises to be with us. And because of that, we can confidently walk into every situation. We can confidently walk into every circumstance, every relationship, even the unknown. We can confidently walk into that because he is with us. We are not alone. I'm going to ask you to read off the screen, Matthew 28, 20, just out loud. I'm not asking for you to scream it. Just I want you to hear yourself say it. Let's read it together. Here we go. One, two, three. And be sure of this. I am with you always even to the end of the age. I love that Jesus starts by saying, you can be sure of this. Like, no, 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 you can count on this. You can be sure of this, that he is with us even to the end of the age. Last week, Pastor Natalie focused on low tide and shared the, the biblical story of Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz, if you're familiar with that. And then also this incredible story of Polly and her battle with cancer. If you have not heard this message, I don't want to give it away, please go back this week. You can find us on YouTube or our website, and just listen to that online. It is worth your time to hear it. Low tide is, is where you feel like the life is just being sucked out of you. Can you relate to that? Where things are just... Ugh, just it's not fitting and things are just moving backwards. You know that phrase, two steps forward and three steps back or one step back. It's that season of life where you just feel like things are moving backwards. Like what happened? What changed? Hebrews 4.13 says this. says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And I, I, I think that the, that connects for me is that it's low tide is a season where the water recedes and just everything is laid bare. You know, you see what's really there. Sometimes we don't like to look at that, but it just reveals stuff about us. And even in low tide, God is with us. This week, we're going to close out our series focusing on high tide. I'm going to ask you guys to respond a little bit. I'm a teacher by profession, so I'm going to treat it like a classroom a little bit, so be ready. Uh, but this week, we're going to focus on high tide, and it's this season of life when things are just, they're just going well. I'm going to ask you to respond in just a minute. What is your kind of definition of high tide, or what would you add to the definition? Things that, that I notice is that in high tide, relationships, like key relationships, are just gelling. They're just... They're just working. You got promoted 
or you finished your degree, or their kids, your kids passed those classes or, or got the opportunity that they were seeking. You found the right place to live. That's a big one in our uh, area. And things are just going easy. What are some other things about high tide that you guys would, would put out there as a definition? What are some things that describe this high tide season? What else? Family's healthy. Love that. What else? Enough sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Say that again. Yeah, working somewhere. What else? Yeah, without drama, right? High tide. And we ha- it just seems like uh, these seasons, like we have to recognize that we're in them. So if you, whether you're in high tide or whether you're in low tide in this season, we feel like God, we want to remind you that God is with you. And that what he wants to say is relevant to you. And this series, we, we feel like, we hope that uh, because of this series and this focus on scripture, that, that God will guide you in the season that you're in. I'm going to be asking a lot of key questions today. The first one is this. How do we stay faithful to God in seasons of high tide? How do we stay faithful to God in seasons of high tide? Because God has demonstrated over and over and over, he's going to stay faithful to us. So we don't need to really question that in this moment. Let's talk about us for a second. How do we stay faithful to God in seasons of high tide? Now, if you're new to voice, I want to, uh, I want to start by saying this, because it's going to be a big part of my message today. One of our core beliefs is this, and I'm going to put it on the screen, and I'm going to read it. This is straight off our website. We believe that the Bible is God's word to us. We believe that the Bible is God's word to us. Now, let me just hang in there. Let me just read this. It's not long. We, we write this. Our pastors wrote this. The Bible was written by human authors under the supernatural guidance of the Holy Spirit, It is the supreme source of truth for Christian beliefs about living. And here's the part I want to emphasize. Because it is inspired by God, it is truth and has a divine ability to direct our lives. Okay, that's really wordy. What are we saying here? Scripture is relevant to help us navigate life today. Do you believe that? And I think that's so important. It's so, it's so amazing. One of the most important things for today in high tide is that I reflect on my own life, and it's in seasons of high tide that I find myself the most tempted to stray from my relationship to God. In seasons of low tide, when it's so obvious that I need him, I find myself coming back a lot easier. But it's in the good season, the easy season, the high tide season that I find myself tempted to stray. Can you relate with that? And so we have to take on high tide. We have to be mindful of it. The key to being faithful to God in the different seasons of life today, high tide, the key is to trust him. And the key to trusting him is to communicate with him. And the key to communicate is just, I think, to pray, to speak and to listen to God. The key to being faithful is to trust, and the key to trust is communication. If someone followed you around for a week, would they think that you believe that God still speaks to people today? 
if we followed you around for a week, we're not going to, if we followed you around for a week, would, would that person believe about you that you believe God is still active and speaking to us today? That's challenging for me. That's challenging for me. How often do we set aside time to listen for God's direction? I feel like I spend more time on Google Maps listening to that kind of direction than I spend listening for the direction, for God's direction in my life. I'm challenged by this. I do not do this perfectly. I need growth in this area. God speaks in at least three ways. The first is through Scripture. The second is through people. And the third is directly through the Holy Spirit. So if listening is important and the primary way to listen to God is to read Scripture, if you're not reading, you're not listening? Man, I'm challenged by that. I teach the Bible every day, but how much do I let it direct my life? Point me in a direction. Why should we make time to read Scripture? Well, there's lots of reasons. For today, I think it's because we learn about God, how he treats people, what he's done, how faithful he is, how good he is. We learn about God. We also learn how to do relationships. The world can teach us. These other voices can teach us what they think we should do, but what does God say? And then third is just how to do life, how to navigate life, and that's what we're focusing on today. Ecclesiastes 3, I'm just going to read uh, the first four verses. You've probably heard this. For everything there is a season. For a, a time for every activity under the sun. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant and harvest, to kill, to heal, to tear down and build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. There's a time for low tide and high tide and our job is to stay faithful in both. So here's my encouragement as we get started today. If you're in a season of low tide, church, take heart, change is coming. And if you're in a season of high tide, take heart, change is coming. So what is high tide? I loved your definitions. Thank you for speaking up. Things are going your way. You just finished your degree. You got the job. You know, you met that special someone. You got on the team. Whatever it is, just things are working. Everything's right, you know, high tide. The skill we're going to focus on today, the, the skill we're going to take a, hopefully take a step forward in developing today with the Holy Spirit's direction is to mature in the way we see life. So if you're a note taker, this is kind of the classroom setting I warned you about. We are going to intentionally focus on the skill of maturing in our perspective, how we see life. And the job here is just to, to look at life to see life, our lives, the way that God does. The more we line up with God's perspective, the wiser we will become. And the interesting thing about high tide, at least at first, if you're new to this concept, the seasonal concept, the inter interesting thing about high tide is you don't realize you're in it until it passes. Have you ever noticed that? You don't realize you're in it until something else comes along and it kind of bumps you out of that season, and now you're not in high tide anymore, and you look back, you're like, oh, that was so good. And as we catch on to life and our perspective matures, we learn to recognize it more and more when we're in that season. 
And so we need to mature our perspective to catch on to the rhythms of life. We need to be able to notice which season we're in. We get better at it with practice. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, I'm going to read through these pretty quickly. It's the story of the ten lepers, if you're not familiar. This is a great little story. Uh, it comes from Luke. It says, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Lepers lived in a, uh, usually in a, in a community outside the city. They weren't allowed to live with everybody else. They were outcasts. They were poor. They relied on the mercy and the provisions of others. He looked at them. Jesus looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. This is a healing moment. I believe that Jesus sent them to the priests to reinstate them into the community so that they could walk confidently back into their community. And I love that he uh, positions them, he prompts them to act. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God, and he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. There's a whole other story there, not for today. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Well, where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. What's the right response to high tide? This leper just experienced it. The right response is gratitude. I wish that I could say that I would be the one that turns around and remembers in the moment in the season of high tide, whoa, I'm in a season, a, a good season. I need to stop what I'm doing and I need to go give thanks. If you ever feel lost, if you ever feel distance from God, you don't know where to go or what to do, a general rule of thumb, church, gratitude brings you back to Jesus. There is just something about being grateful, like counting your blessings, that just get, gets you back to the feet of Jesus. This Samaritan, he didn't know his way, but gratitude brought him back. Gratitude helps us to keep our eyes up. And helps us to be mindful of what season we're in. So if you don't know how to recognize the seasons of life, start with gratitude. That brings you to Jesus, and he'll tell you where you're at. Next question for today is, what do you learn about yourself when you're winning? What do you learn about yourself when you're winning? Because I guarantee you can watch somebody who's winning, and you can identify by how they're behaving, how mature they are. I love watching NBA, and you see the rookies live and die by each basket made, right? Each game won or lost. And the vets, the veterans, just kind of celebrate differently. They, they've matured. So what do you learn about yourself when you're winning? We've all heard the sad story of a person who comes into a high tide season and they burn their bridges on the way out. And then that season of life changes, and they actually end up realizing that they need that relationship or that job or that circumstance, and they burn their bridges. And high tide hasn't been good to them. 
See, to do the high tide season well, it requires some maturity. That's kind of my big claim today is it requires some maturity, some perspective. It requires someone to really trust God. Now, on a personal level, this sermon, I say it every time, is so challenging because it hit me exactly where I, where God, where I was, where I am. On a personal level, I find myself constantly seeking the position where I don't need to fully rely on God anymore. Have you ever been there when you're in a season of high tide and all of a sudden there's more and it's easy? And I find myself desiring to say like, God, I, I, I got it. I got it. And what we need to be reminded of today from God's perspective, if we're maturing in this area, is that independence from God is not God's design for us. Why? Well, because dependence on God isn't weakness. It's strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Paul writes, uh, as he was struggling with some physical illness and he's asking God to heal him, he, 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 he writes God's response. God says, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in what, church? Weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, Paul says, so that the power of Christ may rest in me. I find myself saying I just can't seem to like break through. Like I can't turn the corner and like just be self-reliant. I, it, there always seems to be something in the way where I just need God again and I don't have enough. God, I just can't get to the place where I don't need you anymore. And I feel like God just whispers back, I know. That's the point. So in seasons of high tide, church, if you're taking notes, no pressure, but if you, if you are that kind of a learner, is the, the first one is just, in seasons of high tide, just be grateful. That's the right response to high tide. It's just gratitude. Just gratitude. The second is as is, is simple as well, is just to be humble. And I think this is where our perspective needs to mature. I know mine is in a season of, of uh, plenty, in a season where things are going well, we need to remember that it's a season. And humility needs to help us be reminded that seasons come and seasons go. That humility should be uh, the way that we are behaving in all seasons of life. And then lastly is uh, just to be careful. To be careful. One of the blessings of my life recently was last Sunday, we did a baptism. Uh, and the way that Voice Church does baptisms, we go to Pirate's Cove, and it's this great little spot where the water's calm and kids can play, and uh, we always wait for sunset, and we baptize people in the ocean, and it's outdoors. And my brother and sister-in-law got baptized, uh, along with David, who's helping run our sound in the back. And it was amazing. It was amazing. So cool. Thank you guys for showing up and supporting them. It's awesome. And what, what I didn't realize at the time was that the, it was actually high tide. The water was really high. And my kids were playing in the water, and they, they were playing in the water when I got there. And they're like, Dad, Dad, check this out. And they would run out in the water, and then boosh, they would just disappear under the water. I was like, wait, that's not okay. Come here. And they were like, it's so fun. And they would run, run, boosh, and then be gone. And what they were showing me was there was like a drop-off. So you could walk and walk and walk, and then there was like a, you know, like a little cliff, like, boosh, gone. 
And I was reflecting back on that, not because they were all interested in the baptism and like the amazing spiritual implications of what's happening that day. They were excited about the drop-off during high tide. And I just felt like God said, that's what high tide does. Is it hides the potholes. It hides the drop-offs. And so you could be walking along just fine. You're like, high tide, I got this. And then, whoosh. Just can't, the, the, the high tide, it doesn't change the fact that there's potholes, it just hides them. So we can't see them. I have this great story of a friend of mine, uh, his name's Johnny, and we, we run Tough Mudders together. The interesting thing is, is he is my friend's dad. So he's like mid-60s, and he loves running Tough Mudders, it's the coolest thing. So it was his first one, and I've done a, a, a few, and so we were walking up this obstacle, and you, you kind of hop in, it's this trench and the water's up to, you know, about your waist. And so you're walking, but what you don't know, and what I didn't tell him, <laughs> Johnny, if you're listening, is uh, there are potholes. And so he was, he got through a few of these obstacles, and he's like, I got this. This is easy. I trained. And as soon as he, like, got puffed up, he stepped and just disappeared. <laughs> Gone. And he came up, and I was like, there's uh, potholes in this obstacle, bro. Because when the water is high... You have to walk carefully. And as soon as he got up, and, and I fell in one too, because you can't see him, what, what happens in high tide is the, one, the person who's mature in their perspective slows down and makes sure every step has footing and is careful to listen to the one directing us because you can't see the potholes as well during high tide. In seasons of high tide, we need to be grateful we need to be humble, and we need to be careful. Now, that's high tide. And a couple of thoughts as we close out the series. So the goal today is to mature, to take a step forward, and to mature in how we see life, to see life the way that God does. And if you read Scripture, you're going to catch on, not just to key verses, but there are themes that run throughout the, the biblical authors, there are key things that seem to come up over and over and over. And that's some of the most fun that I have teaching uh, Bibles that you, you catch on to like the bigger picture. What are these guys experiencing and what are they writing about? What are they asking churches to be aware of? And this theme, and I don't have great language for it, but what I'm going to say for today is there's this theme over and over of this emphasis to, to, to say, church, stick the course. Stay on the path. Here's what I mean. In Ephesians 4, 13 through 15, we're going to put it on screen for you. Paul writes to this church in Ephesus, and he talks about, uh, the, he talks about what the church believes, this doctrine, this church unity. I don't know if we're, there it is. And he says, until we all reach unity in the faith, like the goal is unity, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become, what church? Mature attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, and he goes on, says, then we will no longer be immature like children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every new wind of teaching. It's as if he's saying, don't ride the wave. Don't get pushed or, or directed by the season of life. Stick to the path. Stick to it. 
Okay, he says, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us or with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. We will stick to doing what Jesus said to do. One more example, and there's lots, I'll just do two. In Philippians 4, and this is a verse you probably know, Paul also writes, he says, and he talks about contentment. It's this classic verse. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he's not saying you're like a Christian superhero if you believe. He's actually saying, I can be content in any circumstance. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have, high tide, low tide. I know how to live amongst nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's full stomach or empty, plenty or little, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And Paul knows the secret. The secret is it's a choice, is that your contentment is your choice. Church, contentment is not based on circumstances or seasons or the things that are happening in our life. Our contentment is based in our relationship with Jesus. Stick the course. Stay on the path. Don't get tossed around by the seasons. Stick to it. Jesus says it like this. Matthew 7. We're going to read a couple of verses. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows, follows it, is wise. And that's our goal today. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes and the torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on the bedrock or the rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, what's so cool about this uh, physical location, I haven't been there yet, seen pictures and done some research, but the sands around the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus was uh, teaching, the sands during low tide, the water would recede and the sand would get baked by the sun. And so what, what would happen is it would become really firm, like really firm, firm enough for you to walk on, and, and it would even be firm enough to tempt you to build on it, to physically build something on it. And what Jesus is saying is don't be fooled because the sand only seems firm during a season, and then seasons change, and sand, as we know, becomes malleable. Let me show you a couple pictures Sand is so cool. Uh, I mean, I don't ever really want to touch it, but it's like super cool uh, because you can uh, build all kinds of cool stuff with it. So uh, Venus helped us help me find a few of these creations. These are all sand sculptures. And with the right skill and materials, you can make sand kind of take whatever shape you want. It looks amazing. I, I think the one in the middle is the tallest sand sculpture ever. Venus, is that right? Yeah. And I mean, look what somebody can do with it. And I think what happens in our seasons of life is these other voices and these other seasons are going to tempt us to try to build our life on something that for a season feels really secure. It's the right shape. It's the right color. Oh man, things are easy. It's fun. Look at it. And then the seasons change. 
And the thing that once felt sturdy, now it doesn't stay in our hand anymore. And all of a sudden, the thing that we once could build our life on and hold on to just falls away. And I think what, what we need to do, church, is mature in our perspective to know the difference. When we see things and seasons come and things change, we need to know the difference between rock and sand. See, sand can represent how seasons change. And Jesus tells us, the person who builds your life on high tide, not wise. Things are not always going to be this way. This, the, the person who tries to build their life and their identity on low tide, that's not who you are. And so what we need to do, what I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to do in us today is for us all to take a step forward to be able to recognize that we don't build our lives on the things of the world. We don't live our life according to the seasons. We stick to the path. We stay the course. And if we're in a season of low tide, we still put our life build our life on the rock. And that is the teachings, the lifestyle, the fact that Jesus saves us. We are chosen. We are saved. We are loved, even in seasons of low tide. In seasons of high tide, church, I urge us, myself included, to be careful. Because those potholes, they still exist. The sand may look firm, but seasons change. Don't build your life on that. Build your life on what Jesus does, what he says, who he is. He believes in you. Believe in him. As we close, I'm going to ask you just to take a minute. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to respond. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. Um, I, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a minute if, if, if you would like to respond. And all that is for is for you to know that you raised your hand, for God to know. I'll acknowledge you, like I'll look at you, but we're going to ask all that for everybody, for your eyes to close. And I just think this is a day where we need to physically respond. So God, I don't want to be somebody that builds my life on sand that gets rocked to and fro, that bases everything that I build my life on, on things that change. I want to build my life on you, God. You don't change. Your love doesn't change. The things you tell me to do, God, will help me have this firm foundation so that I can withstand any season, both high tide and low tide. Lord, I believe that there are some listening online or some in this room that have become convinced that something that is actually sand, that they were convinced it was rock and it was worth building their life on. I know I've had this experience too. And God, what I think needs to change today is we need to let go of that and let that sand kind of fall through our fingers and instead we need to pick up the rock again to build our life on you, to be deeply rooted in you, 
to make a real change today. Voice Church, with all of our eyes closed, if that's you, just raise your hand and we'll know how to pray for you. If you need to make a real change today, just raise your hand and help us know how to pray for you. Thank you. I see you and you can put your hands down. So in closing, God, give us eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. That you deeply love all of us. God, would you teach us how, we give you permission to teach us how to build our life on you, on the rock, on your teachings, your lifestyles, and not chase the seasons, not be pushed to and fro, but God, to stick to that path in the middle. If we don't know how to find it, God, I pray that we would contact a pastor, that we would join a small group, that we would study the scripture, that we would get resourced, God, that we would find our way to you. And maybe today, God, it's just recognizing that we're in high tide and we need to be grateful. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your love. And as we finish up today, God, I pray that you would teach us how to make that necessary change in our life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said,